box. Each episode we take a box, an ordinary box, an unmarked box, a box whose contents are a mystery and whose origin and destination are unknown. And together we discover what's inside. Together we explore the connections and associations its interior yields. This, this is Unmarked Box. What podcasts do you listen to? It is a question that is being asked increasingly among a certain demographic of person at a certain type of gathering. The person asking this question will probably be on the young side, relatively speaking. The penultimate figure of their birth year is likely to be an 8 or a 9 or a 0. It is unlikely to be a 4. They will probably, although not necessarily, be educated. They will probably, although not necessarily, be well off, at least to the extent of being able to afford devices capable of playing podcasts and having sufficient leisure time in which to listen to them. The question could be asked anywhere, at a bar, in the street, on a message board, but you probably know, intuitively, when to expect it. You probably know, intuitively, when you are conversing with the type of person who would desire to know your podcast preferences. It has become one of those questions we ask of people we don't know very well, as a means of revealing who they truly are, as a means of discovering if who they are conforms with our expectations and hopes. We have already sensed they listen to podcasts. We already know we are not engaging with the type of person who is averse to podcasts, or simply ignorant of their existence. It is difficult to explain how we're able to sense this exactly, but we have never been led astray in the past. Somehow we can always just tell. Though currently operating in conjunction with other queries, this question is beginning to rival and even outpace old favourites such as, what are your favourite albums? What are your favourite books? Has political correctness gone too far? We expect the answer to this simple question to expose the true character of our interlocutor. Are they public radio superfans, lulled by the erudite but accessible cadence of science journalists, crime reporters and economics writers? 
are they rabid consumers of free-form, unedited, three-hour, I-don't-give-a-fuck conversations with sorely underrepresented cultural intellectuals and visionary tech moguls? Are they ardent admirers of gut-busting podcasts? That's podcast, but amusingly spelled with an F-A-U-X instead of a P-O, in which seasoned improv veterans wreak in-crazy character havoc. Are they brothers or mothers or lovers of someone who co-hosts a little-heard film podcast? whose sound levels are as uneven as their analyses? Or are they different? Are they sated only by nebulous, box-based podcasts? Are they only really happy when they're listening to a robotic, neutrally accented monotone voice tease out connections and associations from the contents of a mysterious, definitively unmarked box? Hunter was not your average podcast listener. Raised in a small Virginian town in the North American Midwest, a town that was the very geographic embodiment of Middle American values, Hunter was not your average anything. Hunter was different. When I travelled down to Virginia, PA, earlier this year, I hadn't expected it to be so... cold. I'm really cold. I didn't expect it to be so... cold. It was minus 12 degrees Celsius, or 10 degrees Fahrenheit. It's like... it's like minus 12 degrees Celsius. And, and Fahrenheit, it'd be like... Like, um, hang on. Ten degrees. So minus 12 degrees Celsius, positive 10 Fahrenheit. That's cold. Locating the town proved to be tricky. Man, this is tricky. Where is this town? I got lost. I think I'm lost. On more than one occasion. I think I'm lost again. But finally, after many hours of fruitless tramping, I arrived at the old sign that had been erected on the outskirts of Hunter's hometown. It was a moment of unbridled joy. I'm feeling joy! I turned to my producer, Sam. Sam, we made it! Then I remembered he had been fired in episode two and I had travelled there alone. Okay, Sam, I, I know you're not here with me, but I'm recording this, and on the off chance you ever hear it, I just wanted to say thank you. I couldn't have done it without you. I mean, technically I, I did do it without you. Like, I, I just bought a ticket and got on a plane. And it wasn't really that hard, except for the whole getting lost stuff. But that was really just because I, I misread the map. Like, it wasn't a hidden town or anything. It's just a, a normal town. I'm just not very spatially intelligent. And it, and it can take me a while even to navigate the most basic of journeys. But what I mean is, I wouldn't have done any of this if it hadn't been for your encouragement. And I hope, I hope that one day you might find it in your heart to give this old chunk of coal another chance. Maybe you'll discover that your former boss was a priceless diamond all along. Suddenly a pickup truck pulled over in front of the sign. An old man in overalls stepped out and walked towards me. This is weird. A 
pickup truck has just pulled over in front of the sign and, and this old man in overalls has stepped out and he's walking towards me. Excuse me, young man. Are you in need of any assistance? Oh, I was uh, hoping to go into town. On foot? Yes, I can't drive. Yowie. Why, that'd take you 30, maybe even 40 minutes. And in this weather, why, you'd be real cold that whole duration of time. Climb in my truck, I'll give you a ride. That's very kind of you. Say, what brings you out to these parts anyhow? Actually, I'm a journalist. I host a podcast. A what cast? A podcast. A what cast? A podcast. P-O-D. You're from P-O-D? No, I'm... They're only my favourite band. That's not what I'm... I'm a big fan of all their records. Like Snuff the Punk, released in 1994. And Brown, released in 1996. And The Fundamental Elements of Southtown, released in 1999. And Sunlight, released in 2001. And Pebble on Death, released in, oh, I get it, very clever, 2003. And Testify, released in 2006. And When Angels and Serpents Dance, released in 2008. And Murdered Love, released in 2012. And The Awakening, released in 2015. And Circles, which is coming out later this very year and about which I cannot comment owing to its not having been released yet. If I had to make a definitive ranking of their nine previous records, a top nine if you will, I would have to say... Stop! What did you say? I said stop. The truck? But I haven't started it yet. I've been standing here by the side of the road telling you about the Christian new metal band P.O.D. Which seems silly on reflection given you are one of its band members. That's what I want you to stop. The band? You want me to stop the band? Surely that would be your decision. Or rather, a group decision with the rest of the band members. I don't wish to presume that you dictate P.O.D.'s agenda on your lonesome. No, not stop the band itself, just stop... Talking about the band. Oh, oh, I am sorry. I, I didn't think. Sometimes I don't think, you know. Of course, of course, I, I understand you're in the band. You live the band day in, day out. The, the last thing you want is a mere hardcore fan such as myself providing a definitive ranking of your records. Right. No, no, I'm not in the band P.O.D. You're not in the band P.O.D.? No. You mean to tell me you're not in the band P.O.D.? Yes. Yes, you do mean to tell me, or yes, you're not in the band P.O.D.? Both. I'm not in the band P.O.D. You're really not in the band P.O.D.? No. Then gosh blarn it, why'd you go and tell me that you was? I never did. I was trying to tell you that I host a podcast. A pod what? A podcast. A pod what? A podcast. C-A-S-T. You're from C-A-S-T? No, I... That's only my favourite... Uh, software company? No! Listen to me. I am the host of a podcast. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. It is not a band, it is not a software company, and it is not an acronym. 
It is in fact a portmanteau word combining the name of the Apple Media Player device, the iPod, and the word broadcast. It's like a radio show, except instead of being distributed via analog and digital transmission signals, it is downloaded or streamed on demand. Unlike conventional radio, the barrier to entry is almost non-existent, and while this has given voice to many talented people who would otherwise be excluded, it has also resulted in such an overabundance of content that most podcasts are never heard by anyone but their creators, and the amount of choice a consumer faces can be so overwhelming that there is a tendency to fall back on established names from established podcasting networks, meaning that diverse, talented, exciting new voices is neglected and nebulous box-based podcasts are actively ignored. Well, why didn't you say so? Uh, well, it, it would have been really condescending if I had launched into that speech in the context of our initial exchange. That's fair. Well, hop in. Into the truck? No, into my pouch. I'm a kanga darn and roo. We're gonna bounce into town. Of course the truck. I understand. I'm not a kangaroo. I didn't think... Although sometimes the way my wife looks at me, I'm starting to wonder. I... What? What, what does that even mean? Just leave it. No, I'm just curious. I, I can't picture what type of look would make you think your wife thinks you're a kangaroo. That just seems really... I said, leave it. Okay, just... Put down the gun and I'll get in the truck. See, I'm, I'm just moving slowly towards the truck. I'm doing exactly what you asked. At first, I only felt shock and a surge of adrenaline. It was as if time was moving in slow motion. Then, as I looked down at the entry wound, I began to feel pain. Muted at first, but I could tell more was coming. The bullet had entered into my stomach. A few inches higher and it would have gone clean through my heart. If I was taken to a hospital soon, I might just make it. As long as I didn't bleed out first, I might just... Another slug, this time in the right shoulder. All of a sudden the idea of survival seemed more remote. But there was still a chance. If I could only... In that moment, I knew that the story I had set out to tell, the story of a boy named Hunter in a small Virginian town, was not the story I would end up telling. We like our stories to be neat, coherent, self-contained. But life doesn't work that way. Writers of fiction have the luxury of remaking the world and arranging it into the format of their choosing. But this is not fiction. This is life. Also, it didn't help that I'd been shot 12 times at close range and was dying fast.
Though my vision was blurred and rapidly deteriorating, I noticed a figure standing before me on the grass, and it was not the old man in the overalls. <coughs> who, who are you? I'm Hunter. It was Hunter. Hunter, I've been searching for you. I've travelled all this way to see you. <coughs> I'm not going to last much longer, but... I need you to tell your story. In your own words. Getting this audio will be my last act on Earth. Just tell me everything. I... He was just a lonely kid from a small town. I... He spent all his free time indoors while the other kids in the neighborhood alternately spent their free time indoors and outdoors. I, he can still remember the day he heard his first podcast. I, he had come across it by accident, while he was playing with his mum's phone. She had caught him and taken the phone away, but by that point it was too late. He was hooked. Would it be fair to say that Hunter had developed an addiction to podcasts? that his passion for podcasts was impacting his life in such a way that it was almost comparable to the impacts that can result from an addiction to a dangerous narcotic such as heroin. No. Hunter was hooked on podcasts in a figurative sense, as one might be hooked on a favourite band's music. He was able to control his impulses, and his consumption of podcasts and passion for the medium itself never presented as obstacles in the way of him gaining employment, attending a prestigious NYC college, and finding romantic fulfilment. The only thing that took the shine off his interest in podcasting was an experience he had in his 20s with an older Australian man he had met in Brooklyn. They had decided to start a podcast together, centred around their mutual interest in cinema. They recorded a new episode every week, and posted it on a website the Australian man had created when he returned to his home country. They continued in this fashion for about a year and a half, until the period between episodes began to increase. Initially this was due to the Australian man returning to the workforce, after an extended period of travelling and doing almost nothing other than the podcast itself. With a full-time job he hated occupying his weekdays, the Australian man was finding it increasingly difficult to commit to both the four-hour-plus recording sessions and the eight-hour-plus editing sessions, opting instead to spend his free time sleeping or drinking crisp dry white from a four-litre cask beside his bed. The delays grew from a few days to a few weeks to a few months. Then the Australian man stopped responding to Hunter's messages and his emails. He deleted his Twitter profile. He did not renew the hosting of his website. The old episodes went offline. And in the deafening absence of public outcry the unavailability of their podcast caused, Hunter realised that it was probably for the best that this chapter in his life had been closed. It was time to move on. He hoped the Australian guy was okay, but he had his own life to live.
Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Unmarked Box. But wait. You cry. You didn't open a single box. You can't finish the show until you open a box. An unmarked box. Listener, you underestimate me. Do you really think I would release an episode of Unmarked Box in which no box is opened? I mean, no, but you had us worried when you said it was the end of the episode and you hadn't yet opened a box. Unless you're about to open one now. Open one now? No, the show is finished. But you haven't opened a box. Haven't I? No. Haven't I? No. Are you sure? Yes. Ah, listener. You were expecting me to open a physical box, weren't you? Well, yeah. So you didn't stop to consider the possibility that I opened a metaphorical box? No, I guess not. What was the metaphorical box you opened? Ah, now, it's not for me to impose interpretations on my own work. That is for you, listener, and for you, critic, to decide. This this feels like a cop-out somehow. Such is art. What? See you next week. Oh.